One, two, three. Hallelujah! And we're at our... Amen. Uh, Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Man, you, I'm telling you, you guys be bringing them angels. Y'all be bringing angels on Wednesday. Man, We, if we had a way to test the volume, I guarantee you, the decimals or whatever it is, I guarantee you Wednesday is out doing Sunday. And... Amen. And we have way more people on Sunday, so you guys are doing something. Um, oh, that's what it is, warriors. Okay, I, I'm in agreement. Amen. All right, well, let's let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church said amen. Amen. Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. All right, well, uh, this is going to make all the difference, right? And so we just keep growing by the word, do what the word says, you know, and you just trust the process. Sometimes things don't happen overnight, but they will happen. Amen? Uh, They may not happen Overnight, but they will happen as long as you continue what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Amen. If that makes sense, as long as listen, you get in your car and you keep driving. If you're driving on five five north, eventually you'll get to you know L.A. and then you'll get to Sacramento or whatever else is up there. You're gonna get there eventually if you keep driving and. We just understand that as long as I stay with God, keep doing what God tells me, I'm going to get those God results. How many of y'all got some expectations right now? Even today, you're expecting God that, you know what, man, I'm connected to God. I'm faithful to God. I got some stuff I'm expecting. Anybody in here where, you know what, I'm filled with expectation because, how many know, God doesn't lie. So if he says it in his word, then you can expect that it's going to come to pass. But what you got to do is make sure you're in agreement with him and his word, right? And so you can't be in agreement with him without being in agreement with his word. And so if I'm in agreement with his word, I'm in agreement with him. And then now I'm going to expect some great things because I serve a great God. Amen. And so um, I want to preach this message tonight entitled Words That Dominate, Words That Dominate. And so we preach on Sunday listen up, my faith is speaking. And I put a big emphasis on, you know, the words that you speak, but also we, we really looked at where those words come from. And so, you know, you could speak bold things, but you won't keep doing it unless you see it. And so you got to ask God to show you, ask God to show you your prosperity, ask God to show you your healing, ask God to let you see something. And then you'll speak from uh, that other realm that we talked about on Sunday. And so in, in just helping us to stay strong in this, we want to preach this word once again, words that dominate. And so there is a war of words, amen? And it's really a war over words. The enemy is after our words, amen? And so sometimes we don't realize that, you know, the, the crazy thing about war is if a person is in war and doesn't know it. That's rough. Now, if you're in war and you know you have an enemy, even if you can't see him, but at least you know you're in war. So you see some of those war movies or something like that. 
the guys wouldn't go to sleep or they take shifts, right? Because they know they're in war. Well, a lot of people, and, you know, uh, it's sad to say it, but a great majority of Christians don't know about this war of words. And they don't know they're in a war and that the enemy is after their words. And so, why? Because we are the only ones created in the image of God. We talked about it on Sunday when God said, let there be light. He wasn't hoping that light might show up, right? Come on, somebody. He spoke it into existence, but that's because he already knew. Amen. And so God has given us this power to speak things into existence. He has not given this to any other creature. And so the enemy is not after, come on, your dog's bark. Come on, I mean, no, he, he, he don't care about your, your, your dog barking or your neighbor barking. He's not after uh, all these things. He's after our words. Why? Because our words have the power. In fact, our words have the power to dominate the world. And so we need to understand that, that there's a war going on and the enemy is after our words. Well, our words are so powerful. Our words send shock waves into the atmosphere. You know, just like I said Sunday, I believe God could show you that force field of favor. Amen. If you just imagine yourself walking into a building and then you're all of a sudden you, you hear it and it's like, you'd be like, yeah, let's go. Right. Because, you know, you got that force field around you so that no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you encounter, that favor is around you as with a shield. Wouldn't that be comforting? Well, I believe that God could show us stuff. And, and if we want to see it, but our words send shockwaves into the atmosphere, but we just don't see it. And so you don't see when you release a word, you don't see how fast it travels. And then you don't see how it never stops. All y'all in here with me. You know, when God said, let there be light, that wasn't the end of it. It has been, come on. And, it, and that, that thing has been going ever since, and it doesn't stop. And that's why things are able to last, right? It's, how long has light been here? I'm thinking about it. It's, it's been here forever, right? And God didn't have to keep going back and say, let there be light. Oh, let there be light again. Let there be light again. Oh, wait, it's Wednesday. Let there be light on. He just said it once, and it's been here ever since. And so... When you start to understand that your words, they send shockwaves into the atmosphere, this is powerful. And then the aftershock is continuous. And so you know of like an earthquake and then it's like a, a, a what they call it, an aftershock or what, what aftershock and, and you, a tremor or something. And you feel it. You're like, oh, well, and you've thrown like a rock in the water or a pebble or something. You see it and it just goes like that. Well, your words are continuously sending shockwaves into the atmosphere. That's why you have to be very careful with what you say. You know, there are people that have been, uh, they were kids and somebody spoke terrible things over them. And you know, that person could not shake those words. And it's like, you would think that, man, they only spoke it when they were little. It's like those words were spoken over you when you were nine, 10, whatever. Man, you're 50 something. But they're still living under the weight of those words. Why? Because those words are sending shockwaves after 
shock. It's just continuously. And so we've got to make sure we understand it. We always put an emphasis. I would say obedience is probably our main focus in this church, but after that, it's going to be our words. I mean, we're always on this. We've learned this. This is what we've committed to. In fact, you know, it's the name of the church, Word of Life. So we're, we commit to this, right, as a way of life. Now, when you get serious about this, other people are going to think you're somewhat of a, oh, God, you're just a, a religious, you know, whatever. You're so rigid. I mean, really, a holy roller. You know what I'm saying? They'll say, oh, you know what I mean. You know, they, they don't want you to be aware of your words. They don't want you to be uh, even holding yourself accountable for your words. They want you to speak loosely like they do. But that's not what we do because that's not what the word teaches us. So go to Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. King James, you guys know this. We go here all the time. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And so I want to point out whose mouth is filling whose belly. So what people do is they blame everybody else and say, oh, you know, those people, they don't like me over there. That's why I don't have this or that. Or they're, everyone's against me and that's why. But the word says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Amen. And with the increase of what? So now, when, the, when I want to point out some things as we teach through it. We've gone over the scripture, but the revelation, once you learn, you'll, you'll continue to learn this. The revelation in the Bible is endless you can't exhaust it so you can have one scripture and we could have been looking at that scripture for years and we've barely gotten through the first few layers of it and it's just so much and so a man so what does the word man indicate to you guys well that's one thing but what's uh let's say a boy's does it say boy no so man is indicating maturity. Amen. So it's mankind, but the word man versus boy or girl, it's man, woman. That indicates maturity. And so now this is to help us because, uh, you know, sometimes kids, man, they can just say anything. But what kids do is they just repeat what they heard. And so it's not as powerful for them because, you know, they don't have any real intent behind it. You know what I mean? You ever had a little kid say something and, you know, they laugh, right? Especially a little kid. If a little kid says something, you know, and then it's funny because it's like, hey, what you doing saying that? Well, they don't really mean it. And so this is helping us understand the word man indicates maturity. Amen. And so you could look at yourself and say, yeah, I think I, this applies to me, amen, because you guys, how many of you would say you're mature where you would qualify as you're either a man or a woman? Amen. amen. And so now you got to listen to this. You say a man's belly, and that includes woman. So now we're talking about maturity. A mature person shall be satisfied with the fruit of their mouth. And so we say things like, well, if you know better, you got to do better. And so if I'm understanding this, it's like, wait, you mean to tell me the life I get to experience has something to do with the words coming out of my mouth? Oh, hmm. 
Well, I might want to pay attention. Oh, come on, somebody. I might want to pay attention to what's coming out. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. And so it's not what you just say is what you keep saying. And so you can't be on this highs and lows. It's not just what you say it's what you keep saying. So today I could say somebody says, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Praise the Lord. But guess what I got to do tomorrow? How are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Well, it's with the increase of his lips. And then I got to keep talking about it. I got to keep expanding. So pretty soon, like I told you guys, we're changing the culture. Not to say we had a bad one, but in order for us to go where we're going, we've got to really lock into this thing to where the world would almost call us like oblivious. And you guys are just out of touch. That's what we want to be. We want to be out of touch with the lower world and in touch with the kingdom. And so now we just start, what happens when you just keep, it's just, it becomes habitual to you. You're speaking, not only are you doing it, but somebody says, how you doing? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. This is not cliche though, right? You just, this is what you do. And next thing you know, you start speaking life on someone else. How about that? And you start telling even the people you see, you know, what if someone were to come to you and start to vent about a bad situation, Right. And everybody said, well, you know, Pastor, we need to vent. Do you? Amen. How bad do you need to vent? And what is that venting doing? What is it bringing back? If I start to understand that death and life are in the power of the tongue, if I start to understand that a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So that means what I'm saying, it does not say if you're venting. Now, if you're venting, this doesn't count. You know, if you're just expressing your frustration about a situation, I mean, this, this doesn't matter. This is a law, man. Amen. You know what I'm saying? It's a law. Just like if, if you get caught speeding, they don't care if you're in a Bentley or a Pinto. You're speeding. And they're going to give you a ticket. And so this applies because it's a principle. It's it's. A law of God. And so now, what if I'm, let's say you have someone and they're coming to you, venting to you about a bad situation. But what if you're so so full of faith that you say, you don't have to get mad at them, but you say, you know what? Well, I decree and declare right now that your situation is going to change. Matter of fact, let me pray over you in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Instead of getting what they want, because misery loves company. And the devil knows this. And so he will send somebody your way and you've been trying your best to stay on high. Come on. You've been trying your best to walk. Come on. You're like, man, I got to get up there, man. I'm feeling good today. I feel like I'm making it. And then the devil knows how to send somebody to you. Come on back down here, man. Come on back. And how do they pull you down? With their junk. But what if you are so full of faith and so aware of what's going on here that you flipped it? And then you start speaking life on them. They was trying to pull you down back into the lower state and you mess around and spoke them up. Y'all believe we got the power to do this. So what if that is the culture here? What if that's the atmosphere? What if everybody comes here? That's all we're talking about. Now, some people won't like that. 
What if, you know, that's all we do at our church. Oh, man, sure, I'm blessed, man. I'm just whew, doing good, man. How you doing? Oh, man, blessed. Highly favored of the Lord. Everything's good. Money's good. Health is good. You know, all this stuff is good. Everybody's going to like that. They're going to say, oh, okay, okay. I know I go to the same church as you, but you know how me and you talk sometimes. No, me and you don't need to talk like that. I mean, you're not my friend if you're pulling me down. When God's trying to get me in a position, you understand what God's trying to do. He's trying to get us into a position where we see enough to speak those things that are not as if they were. And so I got to be able to see in, uh, into another realm. Well, this takes a lot, man. I, I don't have any time. That's like me trying to become a boxer. But all of a sudden that I'm going to say, well, you know what? I know this fight is coming up, but I'm going to take all these days off of my training. So what happens if I take all those days off? It's going to cost me everything when I step in the ring. Too many Christians are taking days off. Taking days off because what? You get comfortable where you are? I'm not comfortable where I am. I'm ready to go up. I'm ready to start uh, having miracles manifest for me on demand. I'm, I'm talking about I want to be at that level where I could see something that is not even there and then call it into being. But that's going to take a high level of commitment. And that's what I want us to do as a church. I want us to commit on this level. And so if I'm, if I understand that a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall be filled. And then you get this second part. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, to me, it seems like all churches should teach this and teach it over and over and over and over and over and just keep teaching it over and over and over and over. But sometimes you don't hear it. But it's a crucial piece of information that we need to gather. Death and life is in the power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so death and life are is not in the power of somebody's gun. Oh, come on. See, I'm I'm trying to help you all up in here, man. You got to understand we are supernatural beings. We come from somewhere else. We don't listen. We don't have. (laughs) Oh, I would say things like I can't be killed. Well, the the natural world is wait. Hold on, brother. Hold on now. That's uh, uh, getting out there a little bit because, you know. But if death and life are in the power of the tongue, if I keep speaking life, I ain't got to worry about dying. You see what I'm saying? And then I'm going to give you the word on it. And you just have to decide yourself if that's what you believe. Does this really work? Is this really true? That my words can give me a good future or a bad future. Is this really true? Or is this over the top? Or is this some far-fetched type of stuff? Right? And so, if I'm speaking this, and I'm going to show you because, you know, I mean, God is more powerful than the devil. So, we know John 10, 10, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come, Jesus says, I am coming that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
So on any given day, the devil will lose against Jesus. Y'all in here with me. If you really believe that on any given day, the devil will lose against Jesus. Well, I've got to be convinced of that. So I cannot live my life in fear of what the devil might do or could do one day or all. He, I'm not going to worry about that because I'm going to operate according to the truth. And the truth says death and life is in the power of my tongue. It does not tell me that it's in the power of somebody's gun, weapon, or whatever. Matter of fact, when it starts talking about weapons, Isaiah 54, 17, it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And so I start to understand that. Well, that is truth right there. And so I don't have to worry about anything harming me or anyone. And then people get worried about what others are saying about you. It's not what others are saying about you. It's what you are saying about you. See, that's what matters most because death and life is not in somebody else's tongue over you. Now, maybe people spoke word curses and all that over kids, but I gave you the scripture and I said a man's. So that's a mature person. So now my words that I speak as a mature person is going to dominate my life. Not what, uh, you know, whoever in my past might have tried to speak on me. You're not a little kid no more. Now you old enough to where it's like, oh, no. And guess what? God ain't going to look at what they spoke. God is not even going to look at what anybody may have spoken over you that was bad when you were a kid or whatever. He's going to look at you as an adult. And now he's going to judge you based on what you're doing. Amen? Amen. And go to Matthew now. Matthew 12, 37. All familiar scriptures. King James. For by thy words. So whose words is that? Doesn't say, uh, well, you know, I wish my wife would have spoke more positively about me and I, I would feel more inspired. And but, you know, I just couldn't get her. I needed just one cheerleader and I couldn't get no cheers. But that's not what the word says. It says for by thy words, thou shalt be justified and by thy words Thou shalt be condemned. So you understand the difference between justified and condemned? Uh, uh, Some of the other translations say uh, acquitted or, you know, sentenced. See what I mean? And so when you understand, that's that's pretty harsh. And it's like you're going to prison or you're going free. And it's all based on what you say. How many of y'all want to be in a place where... let me, let me say the let me say the stuff that I pick free. I pick free. I like the free part. I pick that. So let me help me to line up with saying stuff that's going to allow me to be free. Because I don't want to be saying so. Isn't that messed up? If you end up in a jacked up situation and you trying to blame somebody and then the Holy Spirit says, I know who did it. You say, who is it? I'm telling you, I knew it. Just tell me, Holy Ghost, tell me. Can't wait till I see him next time. He's going to say, look in the mirror. Amen. It was you. Hallelujah. 
Dang. Now, I, I firmly believe this. I'm not, I, I, I've studied the scriptures back and forth, in and out. I believe it. And so because of that, I have become very aware of my words. And so I don't let them slip. If I do, if I say something and the Holy Spirit will quickly say, oh, I correct it because I don't want anything to ripple. I don't want anything to continue and then show up on me later. I don't, I can't let those things loose. And so we must be mindful and aware. Look at your name say mindful and aware. Okay. Your mouth is a loaded gun. So think about that. Like you don't let kids play with guns. In fact, adults and any, nobody should play with a gun. Because the consequences, you, you, you see what I'm saying? There's like damage like that is irreversible that could be done. And so we don't, we consider that to be very serious, very dangerous. Well, in the spirit, we got to be, it, boy, I'm telling you, half the people and more than half the people, they have no idea of how everything we do impacts us in the spirit. And it's so significant. And, and people, if we learn to flip it, we could have so many benefits coming to us continually year after year. I mean, you could be walking into a good season that you were speaking years ago. And you could be walking, I mean, you could be walking into harvest after harvest. Like I said, Sunday, blessing on, blessing on, blessing. Well, it's because of what you've been sowing. Amen. Amen. Or you could be doing good, everything's good, and then out of nowhere, you think. Out of nowhere, something comes on you. Out of nowhere. There is no out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Uh, Like the Bible says, the, the curse is not causeless. And so a lot of times people are giving the enemy access and they just didn't know when they did that or how they did it. And so we must be mindful and aware. Your mouth is a loaded gun and the enemy is trying to get you to point it at yourself. Y'all, does it take all of that, Pastor? If I didn't think it took all this, I wouldn't be teaching you. And if I didn't care about you, I surely wouldn't teach you. Praise God. I would just, you know, do something else. But your mouth is a loaded gun and the enemy is trying to get you to point it at yourself. And so now I want you to understand this and be confident. He can't stop you. You you get that? How many of y'all believe that right now? That the devil can't stop you? How many ever thought like, man... I ain't scared of him. He's scared of me. I'm messing around and call revelation that the devil will come out against me one way and flee before me seven different ways. Well, that's the word. Deuteronomy 28, 7. Well, what if you're carrying yourself like that? Oh, hey, but it's nighttime. I mean, no, this power I got works day and night in the name of Jesus. I'm kept in the morning, kept afternoon, kept in the evening and kept while I'm sleeping. But I got to be walking in this type of revelation. And so the devil, he can't stop you without your assistance. Amen. Man, 
without your assistance. See, that's what uh, genocide is. You guys heard of genocide? Genocide is only effective when uh, it gets the people that are being oppressed to oppress themselves. And so now they turn on themselves. That's why you go in the hood and in the hood, it's whatever that hood is. If that hood is dominated by Hispanics or if that hood is dominated by blacks, well, most of the crime is going to be against somebody of the same race, which absolutely makes no sense. It's like, wait a minute. Me and you, we we the same, but we taking each other out. The competition is against. Well, how did that happen? That's genocide. That's what happens if you can get a people to destroy themselves. You no longer have to oppress them. Well, there's something worse than physical genocide. It's spiritual genocide. And that's what the enemy has been doing all this time. If I can get the church, the chosen ones, if I can get them to destroy themselves, then I have a chance. And that's what he's been doing. And so he can't stop you without your assistance. Go to Psalm 91. We know this. But Psalm 91 will go verses 9 through 12. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Stop right there. If I say I'm not visiting God, I'm with him. I I abide there. I'm in fellowship. Amen. I'm in fellowship with God. I'm in communion. How many of you guys are in a place in your life where you know you're with God? And and you... How many of y'all left God here when you left on Sunday? And, did you, you, and then you got back on Wednesday. You say, how you doing, God? Okay, I'm back. He didn't stay here. Y'all in here with me. When you left, he, go, he gone. Hey, only time he's going to show up if you're not here is if I come here. Or somebody else comes here. You, you see what I mean? Because he's not in the buildings, he's in the people. Well, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's where we live. That, that's where we live. Oh, that's actually verse 1, but go down to verse 9. And that was good that you brought that up, but go to verse 9. Now, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, the habitation. So because you dwell with him like that, and you have not entered into something that uh, God is, you know, it's such a religious thing, you know what I mean? You, you have not left God in this religious situation where you only got this little certain prayer that you do and you got all the, no, you've entered into actual relationship and fellowship with him. Now, because I was made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, the habitation. Look, what does that say? Because you did that, because you decided that you're going to be in relationship with God, there shall no evil befall thee. Now, if I start to take this word, and I started to take it like serious. I said, well, what does that mean, Lord? Can't nothing evil help happen to you. Oh, no, but you know, like all kind of stuff happens. I mean, you know, we hear about it. People die and, you know, I can't explain what happens to everybody else. I'm just trying to show you what the word says. And then you take it and, and receive it. Because for me, I see it as, oh, if it didn't come from God, it can't get on me. That's the way I see that. I'm just saying that. 
if it did not, so there, because I've made God my dwelling place, he says, there shall no evil, what's no mean? So is there anything, I mean, you know, what about cancer or, say, you know, what about hereditary? It could be, oh, well, you know, it could happen. I mean, yeah, you, if you want to, you could find all the stories of all the bad stuff that happened to people if you want to. Or you can find some stories and of all this stuff that did not happen to people. Uh, you can find some stories where it was a car coming right at them and they don't know what happened, but the car vanished and they didn't get hit. You can have, there's plenty of stories like that. Even uh, my own pastor said he was going to hit, God told him not to get on that airplane when he's coming back from England. And he was, would have been, I don't know, passenger 273 or something. But the plane went down and crashed and everybody died. But the Holy Spirit told my pastor not to get on the plane. Well, I could meditate on, well, out of all those 272, I bet you somebody was a Christian. And so it must have been. Or I can choose to meditate on, hmm, my pastor listen to the Holy Ghost, and he didn't get on. Well, what I want to do is learn how to do that. I don't want to be justifying who might have died and who could have. No, no, no. I want that. I want, you know, those type of things where the bad thing that could have happened did not happen. Come on, somebody. I want the stories of, like I told you guys, and you all might have saw it, where the, the man tried to get in the car and, and uh, rob the old lady. And she, he pulls out his gun and, you know, she was basically like, you can't kill me. And that freaked the dude out. And he ends up getting saved. I'd rather meditate on stuff like that. I'd rather meditate on situations where people had the gun pointed at them and then they, the thing got jammed. And later on, it worked. But it wouldn't work at that time. That. You see what I'm saying? This is Psalm 91. This is stuff in action. This is in the midst of disease. Everybody dying everywhere, but somehow you're untouched. In the midst of poisonous waters, you you don't get the poison. You don't get the uh, parasites. You you see what I'm saying? Now, that's what it says, but what is our belief level? I'm one that believes that if a missile was coming, and it was coming at this church because I'm in here it would be diverted oh come on that's what I believe it would be diverted it would have to go somewhere else because it's not allowed come on somebody it is illegal in the spirit it's not allowed to violate God's law and kill me that's a different level of revelation huh but now you know how I start making myself available to things that could happen is if I start pulling away from that. I start talking about, well, you never know what can happen, brother. See, you're putting yourself, I'm not going to do that. This is what I, this is what can happen. And to me, if it ain't this, it can't happen. So I can never be broke. I can never go without. I can never be killed. I can never be uh, laying up in the hospital sick. I'm not dying of nothing. Come on, somebody. I'm too busy living to be dying. I'm, I ain't dying of nothing. I'm living on the word. And so the word is working so strong that anything that could be taken in my life is being removed. 
and not even is, is being really prevented from getting on me. But that's a revelation. So you lock into that. And so there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague. What does that say? Well, it just depends on what you want to call a plague. Some people say, oh, well, a plague is the black plague. It has to be the black plague or the Spanish flu or the Ebola or something. I mean, now I know that ain't going to come. But, you know, COVID, everybody gets that. Well, when COVID first came out, they were calling it a plague. Matter of fact, because people were dying off. Amen. So I put it right in that category. That ain't coming near my dwelling. Period. Amen. I don't care if they try to normalize it because that's what they do. They try to normalize things, make you think it's normal. Oh, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, you got that too. Okay, okay. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't associate with that stuff. So for me, no, no, that ain't coming here either. Nothing. Y'all in here with me. Because that's what it says. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Next verse. For why? For he shall give his angels. You, you understand the words is one angel destroyed like 180,000 people. So how many? But it says angels with an S. So he says, for he shall give his angels charge over thee. So how many angels are watching out for you right now? You don't even know. And we're talking about one angel wiping out 180,000. So you got, and then now he shall give his angels charge. You know what charge is? Charge is a command. So it's like if you're in the military and your commanding officer tells you to do something, you better do it. Well, the one thing about angels versus humans, angels are obedient. The disobedient angels went down with Satan. They got kicked out. So the ones we got watching out for us, they don't know how to not do it. Imagine that. You didn't even know how to not, you know, all your, it's like your kids, you know, what growing up, all they knew how to do was do right. They didn't know how to make a mistake. You know what I mean? That's angels. They, they don't even know how to make a mistake. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Next verse. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. And so they're going to keep you, right? And so, once again, the devil can't stop you. How's he going to get through those angels? Because you got to understand who he is. A lot of times people give him more credit than he has. He is a fallen angel. So fallen means he's been demoted to a lower realm. And so his power has been reduced. And so if I start to understand that, he's been demoted. And so he doesn't operate with third heaven power anymore. And so if I got angels that are operating with third heaven power guarding me, how is he going to get through them to get to me? You see what I'm saying? This, This starts to give you some comfort. Go to another one. Psalm 34, 7. Now... This is telling you the angel. So now this is like a warring angel. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And so he's got you no matter where you go, no matter what you may encounter. Go to verse 34. I mean, excuse me, verse 20. He keeps all of his bones. What does that mean? Who's keeping them? That angel that's been assigned. And so it's like you're running around here with a, a pillow. 
just like a, a pillow that, imagine a pillow that covered your whole body. And so everywhere, you, even if you bump something, it's cushion. So what if you got revelation of that type of stuff? You could fall and it'd be cushion. And it's just almost, remember them uh, when we were kids? Some, yeah, I think some of y'all, most of y'all might be old enough, but remember the weeble wobbles? Remember? You couldn't push down no weeble wobble, right? They'd push that thing down and come right back up. <laughs> push it down and come right back up. Well, if you start thinking about that kind of protection, now, see, I said we're going to have to start thinking supernaturally. We're going to have to start expecting the supernatural to manifest. So he keeps all his bones and not one of them is broken. And so could I say, now this may be challenging for somebody, but could this, could this mean like, I can't break no bones. Amen. Uh, come on, I'm trying to help you get somewhere. Could, could that mean that? I mean, I, no, I can't break. Listen, I'm telling you, I believe this stuff so much and I wish I would have known it because I've broken some bones. So I wish I would have known this in years past, but this could be a situation where a person can step off and actually hurt something. And before they can get that thing x-rayed, the angels are already doing it. Hallelujah. Come on, because the angel's on the assignment. And so the angel's like, oh, no, he said, I got to keep all of his bones. So we better. <laughs> before you get to the doctor, that thing is fixed. What if you start thinking like that? I mean, is this crazy to think like this? You know what's crazy is when people fall for stuff that's not even true at all. It has no truth and it has no benefit to them. That's what's crazy is people are doing crazy stuff. I'm talking about they're believing in aliens and all this mess and they're going for it. But Christians are just trying to read the book and we're like, oh, they're so far-fetched. Far-fetched. I mean, come on, man. You got some crazy stuff in the world, man. You know what I'm saying? This is just simple. We just send a simple Bible. But it's like, just believe it. Just believe it, man. Just believe it. And, and don't fall for this other stuff. And so the enemy cannot penetrate this barrier of protection. He cannot penetrate this. And so look at Isaiah 59, 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like what? Like a flood, which he might try. The spirit, well, see, when he does that, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. And the standard is the blood. How many know the blood has been shed? And so it'll be the Holy Ghost reminding the devil, oh, the blood is against you. You cannot cross over this blood. There's a blood barrier of protection and the standard is also the word and so the spirit of God will remind the devil of the blood and he'll remind him of the word and you can't touch them because they've been marked by the blood and they've been justified by the word no matter what is coming at you you see what I'm saying this is what the Holy Ghost as the capital S is doing raising up a standard against the devil and so now, in order for the enemy to take you out, it's got to be an inside job. Come on, man. I'm, I'm just giving you all this simple, man. This simple. It's got to be an inside job. He needs you to question what you believe. He needs you to doubt your God. He needs you to get frustrated 
and speak your own demise. That's what he needs. But instead of that, we're going to speak words that dominate. Come on, somebody, y'all, y'all here with me. Instead of doing that, we're going to speak words that dominate. We're not going to give him no help. We're going to speak words that dominate. Go to Hebrews 10, 23. So let us hold fast the profession of our faith. What? Without wavering. For he is faithful that is promised. So if you stop right there, you say, oh, God, God's going to come through. I just really do believe it. So then hold fast. Stick to what you profess. Stick to it and keep on going. And you'll find things will change faster than you thought they could. And sometimes you won't even know when they changed. But you've developed new habit patterns. And so now you don't magnify the wrong. Come on, somebody. You, you don't just because something looks like it might be wrong doesn't mean that it's going to stay like that. And so the enemy wants you to now magnify that. He wants you to complain about it. He wants you to go tell somebody about it. He wants you to get into a conversation. He wants you to get emotionally attached to it. He wants you to take ownership of it. He wants you to then start to visualize and, and meditate and, and then prophesy what you don't want. Now it's an inside job. Now what's messed up about this is he can go to God and say, I didn't do that. Oh, come on. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take them out. I didn't even put that sickness on them. They called it forth. And it's on them. See what I'm saying? So you got to shut that down. So I don't know. I'm going to hold fast to my profession. And so when I start out speaking this stuff, keep speaking it. See what what's supposed to happen with God is you advance, but you don't regress. Now, if you get you know caught up in this, all oh, these churches want to tickle your ears and this is whatever. See, they want to uh, applaud you for being on the roller coaster. And you go up and down, up and down. What God wants you to do is continue going up. Continue going up. He wants you stronger this year than you were last year. Come on, somebody. He wants you to be able to look back and say, five years ago, I had no idea that I was going to be up here. It's There it is. Glory to glory. He wants you to continue to progress. But you've got to be the one that holds fast. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. And so we got to speak life on everything. Speak life on everything. Don't allow yourself to speak from lower places. So you don't allow yourself to speak from doubt, frustration, things like that. Now, does that mean everything's going to be perfect for you all the time? No. If you were never challenged, you wouldn't need God. And if you were never challenged, you wouldn't need discipline. So you will be challenged. But what you got to do is, ah. I've been made aware. See, before, I didn't know I was in a war. But now they told me. So guess what? Now I'm going to be aware. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to use me against me. I'm not going to take the bait. And so don't allow yourself to speak through 
frustration, through anger, through disappointment. No, what saith the word? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. That is the word of faith, which we preach. And so it's not just what we preach, it's what we say, it's what we commit to, it's what we're dedicated to. Speak life on everything. Go to John six sixty three. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. You see that? He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so what is this? This is a food. And so uh, Jesus is emphasizing the power of the words that he is speaking, that they're going beyond the flesh realm. They're going beyond that and their life. And so what we want to do is we want to be people that are speaking life, but speaking it all the time. Well, it's the spirit that quicken, quickens us. And so that's our spirit. So you have a spirit Amen. and you have a soul and you have a body. Well, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Well, the enemy is trying to connect with your soul. Well, your spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what keeps you right. That's what even if you've had bad periods of your life or whatever, but for some reason you just could not just run away from God and cut him off. You know what I mean? Remember when we were kids and, and we would say, uh, I quit you. You're supposed to have a little girl. You're supposed to have a girlfriend or something. I quit. I quit. What happened to that song? Oh, I quit her. I quit. <laughs> well, you know, you got the Holy Spirit. Uh, your spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't just quit God. You might get frustrated, call yourself having an attitude, but you're going to be back in line soon. Why? Because your spirit, now your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, that's what an enemy's trying to jack you up. And he's bombarding you with stuff and getting you to come up with imaginations and all this type of stuff and think, well, you got to, Say, I'm, I'm not about to let you use me against me. And so I'm going to get rid of all that and I'm going to stick with what is important. And so he said, Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so he's emphasizing the importance to speak life, that he has the ability to speak life. Same thing we have the ability to do. We have the ability to speak life into a situation, not what we don't want, right? Amen. Oh man, my knees are killing me. Wait, those are not words that dominate. Those are words that destroy because now you just gave your knees a right to kill you. Amen. What did he die of? Knee pain. Uh. That knee pain took him out. You just made that knee pain a hit man. And it took you out. You see what I'm saying? Now, here's another trick before we close. Another trick of the enemy is to try to get people comfortable with saying things they don't mean. So if you're comfortable saying things you don't mean, that means you don't believe in your words. And so that means you will say stuff. You don't really mean it. Like everybody knows that. You know what I mean? Everybody knows when you said your back is killing you. They know you didn't mean really killing like murdering you they know that that they, they don't know that in the spirit Amen. <laughs> they have they have no idea they have they know you're created in the image of god and you have the power to speak and they know that death and life is in the power of the tongue and so whatever you give power to it's been given power by you and so 
we, like I said, could be considered fanatics or whatever. I'm just telling you the word. What I'm choosing to do is practice the book. I'm not going to give the devil nothing. I'm not going to allow him to take nothing from me. I'm not going to claim something that is not from God. Let me tell about God is trying to teach me something. Well, if he want to teach me, he can just talk to me. God knows where I'm at. He don't need to give me no bad situation to teach me something. He, can, he knows where I am and he can just talk to me at, he knows my line is open to him whenever. God knows for me, he can talk to me at 3 a.m., 2 a.m. Yes, Lord, I'm here. I don't need to get punished and go through hell to learn a lesson from God. No, people get punished and go through hellish situations because they won't obey God. But I'm going to be one that says, I'm going to listen to you, Lord, and I'm going to do what you say, and I'm not going to team up, man. I want to close this, but I'm like, why are all these people teaming up with the devil? Don't you know he wants to take you out? And y'all ain't going to be friends in hell. Ain't going to be like the devil's going to be like, yeah, me and you, me and you've been tight for a while, so let me give you a better room down here. Man, he's going to torment you. So don't give him nothing. So be aware of your words. Hold yourself accountable. Don't allow anything. Don't give them because anything is is giving it away. But it's dangerous though. It's like, don't give him bullets that he's going to use against you. Instead, you do what Jesus says. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So let's make a commitment to speak life on everything. I'm talking about everything, no matter what you start out by not saying the negative. But you advance by saying the positive. And so keep speaking that thing. You know what I'm saying? Keep, and you speak it on people. If, if somebody's like, you know, whatever, maybe they express something that they're going through, well, pray for them. I believe in the name of Jesus. You coming out of that, man, I speak, I speak life on you. I'm, I decree and declare. I call you healed. Come on, somebody. Just, boy, you mess around and jack the devil up. He didn't know what... What is this? These people, you know, they just keep on turning to the positive. Well, it's a commitment. And I say we ought to commit to it and we'll see fruit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can depend on it, stand on it, that it's never going to change. And it's going to cause situations and circumstances to change because we've decided to stay with your word. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, if you're watching this, no matter where you may be, if you don't know Jesus as Lord, we invite you to step into this relationship. It's going to be the best thing that you could have ever done. But you must just step into it. Maybe you don't know how everything's going to work out. Maybe there's things you've got to let go of. Well, God will show you how to do all that. Just start out by saying yes to him, and he's going to carry you along the way. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.